Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. Hey guys, I'm Joey. And today we are talking about cultivating a stoic mindset for BJJ success. It's a challenging thing, this jiu-jitsu thing. And if you are not looking at it with a stoic mindset, uh, it can get you down. It can beat you up. Can I just, before we go there, talk about something that I've been reflecting on from a stoic perspective is you and me almost getting a divorce after the episode we did number 71 okay yes please we've had so much like so much epic feedback off that episode yes what was it um it was the it was restaurants restaurants it was restaurants versus no restaurants and uh, if you don't know which side of the fence i'm on and jt's (laughs) on go back and listen to episode 71 you will enjoy yourself you will um, but it's amazing the feedback from that. People are like, you guys are fucking great. Like, <laughs> oh man, like, I can't, you know, actually what's, what's really, what's really interesting is that people are like coming through with like no fucking restaurants. Like they're <laughs> like, I'm JT side. And it. people are like, no man, I think restaurants are a good idea. Joey's right. Like taking sides. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's because generally when we do discuss things, generally there's consensus, even though there are plenty of things that we don't necessarily agree on. We don't always debate it or discuss it in this environment. That's know, right. Because we you usually hit record. No, we've got a point to make. It usually happens at the cafe before we get here. Yeah. But uh, just to put some context around that, I, I think I was on my third double espresso and I, I was fueled. We kick off at like 10 a.m., guys. Yeah. So I'm, but I'm, I get up at four. Six shots deep. I was six shots deep. I was, I was in the zone. Right on. Like I should have been on Rogan. Yeah. Like I was just like. I don't I was, think you could have kept it together for three hours. Alex Jones. I, you would have, you would have <laughs> melted after I've, a first hour. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was pretty fueled though. But the thing is, I had eaten that morning. Joey was fasting. He wasn't quite as high energy. So. I'm not high energy. No, you are, you can bring energy, but I, it was also. Put context around this. Joe often sees when I'm, he, he finds a, a catch point. Right? He, see, he, sees, <laughs> he, sees, he sees the spark. He sees the spark in me and he's like, I'm, I'm going to poke this. <laughs> he's like, I can run this up. Yeah. And, and I guess that's the thing. I do get fired up. I'm, that's me. Uh, and if you, if you know what I'm like and you, you see me at a jiu-jitsu tournament losing my voice screaming I gotta, at people, in you know, my defense, I In my defense, I, I, maybe sometimes I can see that in you. I'm like, oh, this will be fun to poke the bear. <laughs> but on that one, I was just like, no, this is what I think. And, then, and you were like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, well, that's and right. So, yeah, and so you actually escalated all on your own. And I, to be honest, I didn't need to poke at all. Ah, I was trying to, and you're like, fuck you for thinking I'm bending on this. I'm not bending on this. (laughs) I'm not. And I I won't. And that's the thing. I I am very staunch about certain beliefs. And, you know, however you look at it, um, you know, and and you guys don't know me personally, but you will come to know me. I, I I think we could say that these guys know you personally. Well, all right. What are we? You were at like seventy-five odd episodes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they've 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 gained an insight. Yeah, but you haven't had me crossface you. You haven't had me like ch- sure punch you in the throat. Yeah, they haven't been on a date thing. with you. No, they haven't had my beard stubble graze their 
you know, eyebrow off or anything like that. You know, like not jujitsu role personal. Right, yeah. And so in that way, you haven't experienced that intensity or see me try to break my back doing a deadlift. You know, like that, that other side of it. And so what supports that is my firm belief in certain things. So when Joe and I disagree, I'm not backing down. And, you know, neither does Joe. He's, he's very, you know, content in his belief and understanding and i I want to shake that up sometimes secure you might say (laughs) maybe (laughs) you get to see all different sides of us and we're both pretty strong-headed humans so when we don't agree it's no one wants to back down it's hard to get a concession out of either of us true tell me about stoicism what is stoicism stoicism if we're looking at it as a set of like the stoics as a set of historical people it started in greece on the stoa, which is the kind of porch, the, the painted porch, because that's where people would gather together and philosophize, Zeno. And it migrated across the sea to Rome. And it was kind of not dying out, but there was different prominent stoics and then various people within Roman society who held it up. And Joe has an interesting historical note to mention around this. We were talking about the other day, your brother, Ah, uh, yes, yeah, the criticism. Yeah, which is – well, cool. and, and, and just before that, it's a philosophy, isn't it? It is. A it's set like of, a philosophy of life. It's a set of beliefs. So yeah. it, you, you're looking at justice, wisdom, temperance, and courage. These are the four Stoic virtues. And even though the Stoics as humans had their various flaws, the idea is that you're doing whatever you can to uphold these four virtues. Take the words and turn them into works. Be a good person and – do what is right. That, that's the kind of pr- premise behind it. There's a lot of criticisms of Stoicism, but the idea of a Stoic mindset is to work out your locus of control, like what is under your control and what is not. And Stoics would say that it's your reasoned choice. You can't control disease. If you get the plague, you get the plague. What are you going to do? Uh, if you get thrown in jail, you get thrown in jail. You know, back in the ancient times, bad stuff had happened. You just had to control how you reacted to it. And this actually has a lot in common with Buddhism and a few other religions and philosophical approaches to life because life a couple of thousand years ago was pretty wild and bad stuff could happen to you and you had to negotiate it. And I believe there is huge value in having a stoic approach to your BJJ journey. Joe and I were having this discussion because, like, Joe is quite a stoic guy. Uh, he tends to just go, you know what, whatever, I got my ass kicked, I'm coming back better next week. He doesn't get phased. You know, he's not phased. And that is a core tenet of being a stoic is this amor fati, which is to love your fate. So even if something bad happens, you're like, I'm cool with it. That's good for me. I can learn from that. Not, oh, I'm a victim, oh. You know, like it's yeah, not to complain about it. No, don't complain. Never catch yourself complaining. It's actually not good for your own health to complain, even in your own mind. So we were having this discussion, and Joe had brought up his brother, who <laughs> is a historian of sorts. Yeah. So my my brother Abe studied ancient history. He's a fucking smart dude. He's very left leaning, so he loves to rip on any kind of belief system that's really not you know communism <laughs> um he studied a lot of ancient history a lot of a lot of greek history i remember mentioning because stoicism like if you're hearing this for the first time or maybe you've heard it and you're not really too familiar it has been there's been a renaissance yeah in the last what 10 years well, guys like ryan holiday and st- yeah and it, within at least the kind of tech value yeah, it's, like- be, it's become like a way like in in a similar way to how um 
how I think in the 90s the tech world adopted like Sun Tzu. Yeah. Like Art of War and stuff. Like mm-hmm. we love to jump on like just that shit and appropriate it for ourselves. Jump on the trend. Yeah. yeah. But um, but so it's become quite big, right? And so I was chatting to my brother about it. And I was like, oh, you down with this stoicism thing? Because I was like, it's kind of cool, like, you know? Yeah. And my brother's like, <laughs> yeah, stoicism. He's like, that's basically what the military generals and the, the elite were peddling to the underlings to just accept your fate because they're the ones that had to go into battle and get their arms chopped off. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you're sending people to their death, of course it's going to help you to, to yeah. give them a belief system that says accept what it is that's in front of you. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and you could make the argument that many, re- many religions sure. follow a similar thing where it's like, yeah, you know, like it's, it's not about this life, it's about the next life. life. Or it's, you know, and it's like whatever. It's pretty brutal. Eat shit now because, yeah, it'll be better afterwards, you know. Yeah. So that was just a, like an interesting point. But, you know, all that aside, it is something that I look at. I go, I, I see a lot of good things, that, that like a, a lot of value that I can extract from this philosophy. Yeah. And delayed satisfaction. I, I read a book many years ago which was called How Children Learn. And it's really about how to help kids become successful. And the two things – you don't have to read this book. It's not an interesting book. But the two key takeaways were if you want to help your kids be successful, you let them know you love them. That's really important. They have to have a good connection to you as their parent, whether they're your biological child or not. They just need to know they're loved. And delayed satisfaction. It's being able to be a bit bored now or do the thing you don't want to do right now in the name of getting the thing you want later. And this is not about the afterlife. This is... Do the hard, challenging thing now, regardless of how you feel about it, because that is what reaps the rewards, doing the hard thing. And this idea, and this is my personal motto, which is to seek adversity, is to lean in on things that are uncomfortable. And for me, that's probably doing emails, collating tax receipts for my accountant, you know, just stuff like that, just things that you have to do as an adult that just make me feel like I'm wasting my time because I'm not good at them. Whereas someone else who's more studious and more organized, they might enjoy that. Whereas I've really conditioned myself to really like lifting weights or really like training hard. The exhaustion I feel from training, I have conditioned myself to really put my reward centers around that because I know that's what will make me better. So when I'm totally exhausted, just trying to drive myself a little bit harder with the last little ounce of will that I have and just not caving gives me great satisfaction when it's all done. I can look in the mirror and be like, regardless of if Joey tapped me five times and we recorded it and he's going to put it on YouTube later to some lo-fi hip-hop. Check it out. (laughs) Like and subscribe. (laughs) You know, I I just know that I gave it everything and I I didn't give up when everything in the back of my head was telling me to. You train jiu-jitsu, you can see that relationship like – do something that's challenging and that I don't necessarily want to do and then reap a benefit. Yeah. Like absolutely, like makes perfect sense. What is it about that, about doing the hard thing that gives the reward? Is it the fact that we tend to seek comfort and that by like doing something that's hard, we go through this challenge and we come out with new knowledge or new strength or, or is it the fact that you've just endured something that's tough and simply by enduring something that's tough – there's like an innate reward system that's like, good on you, you did a tough thing. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yes, definitely. I, it, it's multi-layered. So you get a huge hormone response. So your body will 
release way more endorphins and far more growth hormone and everything. If you've ever done sprint training, guys, or you've done sprints on the beach and you felt that nauseous feeling from the lactate or heel sprints, you were doing some heel sprints for a while with the mm. dark prints. Prince. Your body's adaptation is massive. So whether it's more like a cardiovascular thing or it's uh, weightlifting and you're pushing your upper limit, your body develops from the stress. So not only does it develop on a cellular level, like in your tissues, it develops in your brain. So your nervous system, you get more activation and also you access a greater part of your brain when you do this. So there's different theories of how your nervous system works, but quite literally uh, that one of them is the central governor theory where you have this kind of limiter in your brain which says, no, you can't go any further. And you go, oh, okay. Or you go, no, and you're forced to do it. And then suddenly your brain goes, oh, we could do a bit more. And you actually have a realization about what you're doing and that helps you build confidence to lean in on that. And every time you go a little bit further, you can go a little bit further. Perimeters expand. Yeah, provided you don't completely destroy yourself. Yeah. The, the other side of that is also your willingness to suffer. Like I think if you hear – if you've listened to any other podcasts on business or on performance or anyone who's had to do something which was just – everyone told them it wasn't going to work – and they bet the house on it, and they did everything they could, and they found a way through, it's your ability to stay working even when everything is telling you to stop. And I don't mean the surgeon has told you you need a knee reconstruction. You're like, no, nah, I'm a trained anyway. I'm back squatting triple body weight. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying in those moments when you're really exhausted and you know there's only 20 seconds left in the round, you could just turtle up or maybe you could just – get out of there and try and get the sweep and just even though it's going to be gut-wrenchingly hard, you do it and then you realize actually it's, the anticipation is always greater than the event. You do it, you come out on the other side and you go – Classic line from Hard to Kill, Stephen Seagal. Must give credit where credit is due. <laughs> I'm not going to credit – I'm not going to credit Stephen Seagal with that. But please, yeah, true. Miss attribution. That's the way. When he's stalking Senator Calabresi at the end and he, <laughs> and he kills his henchman. And in his mansion, and then he writes with the blood. You don't see him write it, but Senator Calabresi goes to the fridge yeah. and, and gets a drink, and he's shitting himself, and he closes it, and then written on the fridge in blood is, anticipation of death is worse than death itself. Self. And then there's Steven Seagal with a shotgun, and he blows his balls off. <laughs> what? Yeah, bro, Hard to Kill was one of the fucking greats <laughs> of is, Seagal legacy. It's a great movie, but... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it for such a long time. Oh, my God. Do yourself a favor, fam. I I loved it. That's your recollection. I'm like, back in 1630, uh, Zeno said to Epictetus, no, my God, it's like, and then Seagal said to Senator Bolognese. (laughs) So then the – Circling back around, if if we think about the benefits of this, it's probably as much – a way of thinking, like a philosophy, as a way of action. Yep. Because this episode, we will have dropped by the time you guys hear this, is the interview with my friend Thomas Lisboa. And he's a he's a light feather. He's a 55-kilo guy getting beat down by big monsters. World silver medalist in no gi and I think bronze medalist in the gi. And I said to him, Thomas, I saw you go so hard against all these big guys and they just bashed him mercilessly and he didn't back down. Like he took the beatings, he kept going, kept going, kept going. And he said that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu is the adversity. It's the challenge. That is the value in it is actually willing yourself to be challenged because so much of what's around us in our society is willing you to not be challenged, 
take the easy path. Make it easy on yourself. You should take it easy. Don't do that. Don't do this. When actually we all know that's not what builds character and that doesn't build self-belief either. That's, you know, and this is not like harden up, circling back to us almost getting divorced. Um, who would get Julian? Who gets custody? <laughs> <laughs> Julian can choose. <laughs> Julian takes first round. He's, <laughs> he's going with Joe. I think that there's less opportunity in modern life. If you're hearing this, if you're listening to a podcast, you know what I'm talking about. Even though life is stressful and it can, it can be hard in its own way, there's less opportunity for us to be courageous and push ourselves and jiu-jitsu is actually the perfect environment of controlled risk for us to do that, do yeah. things we're not comfortable with. Yes. One of the kind of main things I see with it is that, like to your point, life has become pretty comfortable for us, particularly here in the West. Yes, sir. And no doubt there are people listening to this that are in parts of the world where things are not as easy as they are right here, right now. Of course. And, you know, maybe maybe they are, maybe next year it changes, maybe, you know, like this stuff changes like we're seeing that with the Ukraine invasion, right? It's of like course. this whole thing is fragile. But at the end of the day, if I look at, like if I think about what my life has been until now, it's extremely comfortable, mm. right? And so like it's, it's great. It's what we all strive yes. for is to have a comfortable life. Yes. However, our DNA was built off the back of like a constant struggle. Yeah. And it wasn't, didn't mean that, you, you know, you, you weren't fighting wars the whole time, but it was like a struggle to find food, a struggle to procreate, a struggle to avoid predators. Yes. You know, a struggle to like beat the elements, you know, the, the rain, the wind, whatever. So we don't have those struggles anymore. We found ways to master them through technology and society and collectivism. Something like jujitsu, something like going to the gym and lifting weights a couple of times a week is a way for you to simulate the struggle. Yes. Because really at the end of the day, you can just like you could just take all the rounds off tonight if you at jujitsu, right? Yeah, you yeah. just go, you know, I'm not going to roll tonight. Yeah. Or you go, no, oh, it's an easy bit sore, you know? Yeah. Or like, it, so it is make-believe in a sense, but you can get into the fire and you can practice this thing. And I think this is what people like Joe Rogan talk about all the time. This is exactly what your uh, Thomas Lisboa said. It's like, it's a place where you can have that struggle, but it's almost free of the real world costs. Like, Yep. You're not going to die if you lose. No. Right? It just resets and you go yeah. again. Um, and I think that – and I do think that that's why it's so popular. I think that maybe people don't realize – like a lot of folks don't realize that's why they love it, but that's why they love it because the body's like thanking you. The body's like, I need this. Yeah. I need this because this fucking middle line that I'm existing on all the time with no ups, no downs really kind of equals more downs. Yeah. Whereas when you've got these extremes, you start to calibrate – you know, your view of the world and how you exist in it. And I think that there's a there's a, like a reward system inside for that. Definitely. I mean, Rogan might have said something similar, but like if you've never been punched in the face, it's a real shock when you get it. But if you've been punched in the face a bit, maybe you've lost a tooth, maybe you've been kicked in the face, maybe you've had a car accident, you know what that pain and that shock is like. So your, your body naturally calibrates to be just a little bit less sensitive in that way. And you, you'd all know like if you're in the middle of a role – and you're almost past and you're like trying to pass like a, and the person kicks you in the face and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And you're like, okay, cool. Just let me like, you don't even stop. You're like, okay, shake hands. Like, yeah, you're sweet. I'm passing this guy. You don't care because it doesn't bother you. you. You're focused on what you're trying to do and a kick in the face is not in the front. Whereas somebody who has no physical roughness or isn't challenged in any way like that, 
might get a slight knock and be like, oh, I've herniated my neck. And, uh. and, and the thing is if you only tolerate what you experience. And so if your experience doesn't factor in certain stresses, then you will be less durable. And, you know, this is the thing we always talk about with, with our program is trying to make yourself more robust for jiu-jitsu. But if we just put that on the side and go, let's take this to life, if you're in a meeting and you've got a, a terrible boss or, you know, it's like a, you know, it's like an or a shit-ass business partner, let's yeah. say. Yeah, and they're always testing you because they've got a young kid and they've got lots of excuses. And they, don't, they don't listen, you know, they don't follow up on tasks, let's say. Say they love email and they just want to put a million messages on Trello that you always have to follow up with. Always bringing a new idea to the table but never seeing it through. Yeah. As an example. Yeah, a a lack of imagination that doesn't expand the vision of the company. (laughs) You know, all these things. (laughs) You've got to deal with it. And you can't always have the option to just strangle them because you're better than them at jujitsu. It might be a boss you can't strangle. It might be a business partner you can't strangle. <laughs> so in those instances, you've got to look at them and be like... Lucky we don't face any of those troubles no, in our business, James. It's all roses, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, it's the stoic mindset is to look at... You know, if any of you are familiar with Jocko Willink... Never heard of him. When people say... Does like, he roll? When, when, uh, hardly. <laughs> He's got skinny legs. I'd heel hook that guy. Huge upper body. If you get to the ankles. Huge head. Huge head. The forehead is, is ginormous. Yeah. But if you see full body images of Jocko, he's, there's nothing to speak of the lower body. Okay. So he's like, there's a photo of him struggling with the 48, the, or maybe it's 56. It's a fair size kettlebell to like get it overhead and it zooms back. He's got real skinny lower limbs. Okay. Super jacked upper body. Massive upper body. But yeah, I reckon you. Leg lock the hell out of that guy. Yeah, but he's very tight with Dan Lister. He's got to have some good heel hook defense. No, I reckon he just doesn't let you get there. Right. That's what, He's old school. He's like a low and slow, crushy type cat. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon. My kind of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you guys can hang out. No, the thing about Jocko is he always says, good. Someone goes, oh, yeah, but this didn't work out. Good. You know, <laughs> yeah. He just says that to everything. It's yeah. Shirts. And it, that is a very – his whole thing is about accountability and you accepting like extreme levels of accountability that when something goes wrong, extreme ownership, is extreme ownership, sorry. Yes. That it's on you. Yeah. And when you take extreme ownership, it facilitates growth because you say, I take responsibility. I can change it. Whereas if you say, Oh, it's out of my control. I'm a victim. It's not an empowering way to look at things. So if for example, you had a bad night at jujitsu and you're blaming others like, oh, that guy cranked my neck. Well, maybe you put your head in the wrong spot. Yes, they did crank it, but maybe that's preventable. So work backwards. Oh, I was so tired. Those warm-ups are so hard. I'll just skip warm-up. Maybe you're dehydrated. Maybe if you're better hydrated, you get through the warm-up better. Maybe you're not fit enough. Yeah, maybe that's something you want to work on, you know, like – Kind of like a victim mindset it in a way. It is a little bit of a victim like mindset. Like this, this happened to me yeah. versus how did, I, how did I show up to this thing? Yeah. Where, where is my participation in this event? Because yeah. it's never exclusively outside of you. Which is not to say that like, yeah, maybe that dude did go super hard on you and did crank your neck, you know, in, in an inappropriate way, let's say. Yeah. But it's not productive for you to complain about what that guy did. You know, fair, fair enough. Like there's nothing wrong with you like – Maybe you're new. Maybe that guy's experience. You say to the coach, hey, coach, this happened. I, you know, that, that's all fine. But it's more of like how you, how you respond to that situation in the, in the hours that pass and you're processing it. 
there's no point dwelling on what that person did because you can't control that. That's all right. you can control is how you how you react to that situation. Yeah. So then it's like, all right, well, what can I do? Well, I can work on my defenses. I can focus better on my posture. I can not allow myself to get into that situation that's again. Right. You know, yeah. or I can tap earlier. Yeah, like, uh, that's also a thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think it's like it's it's all about coming up with a productive mindset around it to make you better rather than. Having a whinge. It's nice, to, it's nice to have a whinge. It's nice to complain about shit, but it doesn't it's get you anywhere. It's kind of luxurious though. It it's is. Like, yeah, yeah, if really you're in a is. position to complain, then – but uh, it's, not, it's not helpful. Like, yeah, you could do it in the same way, that, you know, like there's many things you can do, but is it helping you or hindering you? That's the thing. People who like to complain like to hang out with people who like to complain, and it's kind of self-perpetuating. And this is the thing I was going to say about crossover. There was a period of time I spent a fair bit of time going to like a Buddhist monastery and, and doing a like meditating with a monk. My partner and I would do that once a week. It was really cool. And there's a lot of crossover between certain Buddhist tenets and Stoic philosophy kind of pillars. And it's this idea of something just not being under your control. And you go, that's okay. I can control how I respond to it. So, yep, today sucked. I got my ass kicked. What am I going to do about it? Next time, no, I'm not letting that happen. I'm not letting that guy pass my guard. I will fight harder and they're not passing my guard or she's not going to guillotine me. It's not happening. I'm keeping my posture. Like, and just having that presence of mind that you just don't show up passively. You show up prepared. And, you, and, and in that way, it takes more effort and that's the hard thing. The hard thing is you applying more effort to be more ready and then – possibly you get a better result. And then that, that has a positive reinforcement there. But, you know, bad things can happen, you know, car accidents, losing your job, all these things. But if you can approach it in a, a way that's helpful, just, just your own personal response, and this is the crossover between life and jiu-jitsu, it will help you to find a way to be empowered, not disempowered. Now, we're not talking about blind optimism, like, oh, this is great. It's not. Yeah. It sucks when bad things happen. But, but now what? That's right. What, what do you then do to make the best of it? Yeah. Yeah, there was a cool exercise I did years ago with like some business coaching that I had. They did this exercise. It kind of very much fits in with this. It was called basically you had to think of something really bad that happened in your life and you had to write it down, write about it, sort of describe it. And then the next part was – what are the good things that came from that? Mm. And it's like taking a bad thing and then going, oh, well, okay, it actually it enabled me to learn this and I, I came to understand that and it's made me more considerate of. And the idea is like, yeah, that bad shit happened. It's a thing, like I'm not saying it's good. However, there's always a like a silver lining to this. There's always some positive that came out of an experience. So let's focus on that. Mm. And, I, and I really like that and I think that it's very much kind of talks to, to this same kind of idea of like, yeah, you had a shit training session. You fucked up. You said you weren't going to get guillotined by the girl. You got guillotined again tonight. That's yeah. three weeks in a row you've been guillotined by this girl. Dang. Yeah, but it's like keep doing the thing. Yep. Like, okay, great. What did you learn tonight that was different from last week? Yeah. Well, maybe you learned that your, what you thought was preparation wasn't actually preparation. Okay, you've got to go prepare harder. Fix up. You've got to talk to your coach. You've got to find techniques. You've got to find a solution. You know, But it's like taking that and then coming up with some kind of productive course of action off the back of it. Definitely. I think it is empowering is the word that you mentioned before. I think it's extremely empowering to have this mindset in all areas of life, not just your jits, but how you show up to everything. Yeah. There's probably one or two people out there who listen to this podcast who don't do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
There are right? a few. We've had some rock climbers and yeah, stuff yeah. come through. Yeah. And look, rock I love cl- that. Rock climbing is insanely hard, right? There's many pursuits in life that are really challenging. But for me, what I've realized more and more in my life, the people who are closest to me are people who work hard in their life. They don't have to train jiu-jitsu, but for the best part, most of my friends are either in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, martial arts, or they're in the, the realm of strength or physical training. I can see dedication. I can see people's will to overcome challenge. And for the best part, whether it's injury or illness, everyone's gone through some shit and they've kept going. People who don't have that element in their life, I respect less. I give people the base. I'm not one of these people who's like, respect is earned. It's not that. I give everybody the respect of you being a human being. I respect you. I have that level of respect for, for everyone. But if you do not train martial arts, if you do not lift, if you do not use your body, if you do not actively do things to challenge you, challenge yourself, you get less respect from me. And that's, that's not to say I got the gospel and whatever, but if you interact with me, I'm not going to say I don't respect you, but I'm thinking it. And, you know, I, I, it's me personally. You can only spend so much time with certain people. If you don't work hard, if you don't have like a kind of a certain degree of personal toughness, and this is not an external thing, it's just you can see it. Somebody's overcome cancer or someone broke their leg and they had to learn to walk again or, you know, people went through trials in their life, they overcame it, respect. And, yeah, much love to you. And, look, if you choose the easy path, that's fine, but I'm going to say at some point life will find you and it'll break you. And I just hope that you can overcome it. And for some people, because they haven't had anyone teach them to be able to overcome, and that's fine. Like, you know, we don't all get good parents. We don't all get good role models to tell us, be tough, you know, find a way, support you. We don't all get the support. So I am not trying to, I guess, in a way, verbally attack anyone who's coming from a very vulnerable position. But what I'm saying is if you hear this, and you do jiu-jitsu, if you don't cultivate a more stoic approach to life, jiu-jitsu is going to be hard and it will be less fun. That's my take on it. Yeah, you will, you will come up against situations that you maybe could be of benefit to you but will ultimately seem like they are negative experiences and you will probably, will probably push you out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, there, there's no doubt that the, that the path is a challenging one to tread and you pay a price for it, like we talk about it. There's, there's a price that's paid, but there's also something gained the further you get down it. Huge value. And I think that, yeah, you can only, you can only get to that point and make those gains if you can have, have at least some of this perspective on the whole thing. Definitely. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Hey, um, if you need help with your strength and mobility, uh, we got the program, four different strength programs you can follow, and our killer mobility program also kettlebells go to bulletproofforbjj.com sign up for your free trial you get one week free and if you use the code bjj podcast you'll get 20 percent off your subscription we'll see you guys on the inside thank you stay stoic Oops.